This is the Mosaic Church Podcast. Mosaic Church is committed to making disciples that discover Christ, connect in Christian community, and serve others and the world. Hey, today I just uh, we're going to be going into the book of Galatians uh, starting next week. Uh, so this is kind of a precursor. And let me encourage you to start reading on Galatians. And uh, it is a challenging, challenging book. It is a convicting book. It's a tough book. It's a in-your-face kind of book. I don't know if you've ever had someone rebuke you with a finger in, their, in your chest. And that's Galatians. And, and so here at Mosaic Church, if you're new, we like for the text to determine the topic. So we're just doing Galatians, and we're going to see where the Holy Spirit tells us to focus on. Today, I want to talk to you about, and, and Natalie's always asking me for a title, uh, Shame and the Kindness of God. Shame. Have you ever been ashamed of what you've done? Uh, I'm raising my hands. I've done that many times. Every time I go to my high school reunion, I try to find a friend. I'm like, I'm so sorry. You know, uh, I'm embarrassed and shameful of some of the things uh, I, I did while I was in grade school, middle school, and in high school, and sometimes in college. And uh, <laughs> uh, I'll, I think it's a funny story. Please forgive me. And this is pre-Robin, okay? And uh, there was a, a girl that I wanted to date, and I couldn't, I couldn't get in her circle, but she had a common, we had a common friend, and I started hanging out with her common friend. And I finally had mustered up enough conversation and courage. I said, I need to tell you something. And, and she just started like fluttering her eyes like, what? And, uh, and at that moment when she said what, I think I gave her the wrong impression of that I was maybe interested in her. And then I was still, I'm embarrassed. Look at this. I'm embarrassed. Uh, I knew that she was thinking, oh, oh no, she's thinking I like her. But I still went ahead with it and I asked her, hey, can you set me up with your friend? And uh, that didn't go well. So uh, <laughs> I, I lost a friend and I never got close to the other girl. So shame. You know, we're going to be going through a book in Galatians, and it's going to be challenging us how to live a certain standard. And as Christians, we are commanded to live at a certain standard. You know, um, if you ever listen to old preachers, they talk about that. They kind of predict what America is going to be like, what the West is going to be like. And it's always, uh, it's the challenge is to convince people who think they're Christians that they're really not. And he says, one, one gentleman said that he doesn't even ask who's a Christian, because everybody's a Christian, because, you know, even pets are Christians now that we, the world we live in, but are you a follower of Christ? So he doesn't ask, are you a Christian? He says, are you a follower of Christ? And Galatians is going to challenge us to be a followers of Christ, but before that, I want to make sure that we get our hearts and our minds ready, and so when it comes to issues of character, integrity, virtue, and holiness, there is a standard. Now, in the book of Titus, it is that standard as well. As we read, like, there's a command for us to live a certain way. If you call yourself a believer, a follower of Jesus Christ, there's a, a pattern, there's a, a place that, how we're supposed to live. We're supposed to live 
with integrity. You know, we can't be lying to people. And there's got an issue of holiness. We can't be just doing whatever we want. And, and so the book of Titus really just kind of hones in on that. And so the characters of leadership is, is highlighted in the first chapter of, of Titus. And, in, and it talks about the rest of the church, the young and old, men and women. In chapter 2, it focuses on how we are supposed to live this holy life. And then at the very end of chapter 2, it kind of sums it all up. And it says this in Titus chapter 2, verse 11. For the grace of God has appeared that offers salvations to all people. It teaches us to say no to ungodliness. That's the standard. One of our standards is we have to say no to ungodliness. Uh, and, and no to worldly passions. And that we are to live a self-controlled life. Upright. Godly especially in this present age. And then we wait for the blessed hope, the return of Christ, the appearing of the glory of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ, who gave himself up to redeem us from all wickedness and to purify for himself a people that are his very own eager to do what is good. So there's a purification process that you and I are going through. But towards the end of this verse, uh, this Bible, uh, this chapter, every time I share this, and I've done this in, throughout, the, uh, throughout the years of my being a campus pastor and a pastor, one of my biggest concerns when I'm talking about living this life where we say no to ungodliness and no to worldly passions and to live a life that's self-controlled and upright and godly, one of the um, ramifications of preaching holiness is that sometimes some of the people I've dealt with and shared this with have a reaction to it. You know, there one time was a child in our midst that was had a reaction to peanuts, and if they had peanuts, they would it, it would not be good. And sometimes when in, in church, when we talk about holiness and living right and doing right, uh, sometimes there might be a reaction to that. It could be conviction. But one of my concerns is that when we talk about holiness and living right and doing right, is that uh, the reaction might be to recoil. Uh, all of a sudden, instead of going from conviction, uh, uh, which is the role of the Holy Spirit to convict us, sometimes it slides into condemnation. And the enemy does that, right? It's like he just pushes you over the edge where conviction says, I care for you. I don't want you to live in that situation. There's something better for you. Let me, and the Holy Spirit says, let me help you in that situation. The enemy slips and it's, just, it's a fine line from conviction to condemnation the enemy begins to say listen you've done it you've, it's too it's too much you've crossed that line you have crossed that line and now it goes into condemnation i think of the old 70s songs you're no good you're no good and baby you're no good that's what the that's what the enemy that's what he says 
And wherever you are in your life right now, if you are here and you're no good, you're worthless, don't even try, give up, that is not the Holy Spirit. That's the enemy speaking condemnation. And so every time I talk about a standard and holiness and and living a life of integrity and, and virtue, the unwanted consequences that some people in the audience hearing this challenge might fall into the category of shame and and guilt into condemnation. And so the temptation that we all face on a daily basis are enormous. I was just with a bunch of college uh, directors, and I I confessed to them that the, the, the challenge to live a life of holiness and especially in the, in the realm of what we're seeing, is so much more readily accessible today than it was when I was growing up, when I was in college. The temptations that you and I face every day are enormous. It's difficult. I've heard it and I've talked to people, and of course I've experienced myself, sometimes it's difficult to live that righteous, holy life when we are inundated so uh, with sin that so easily can entangle us. And so in the word is if you read Titus, it's about being self-controlled and upright and godly. But, and I'm not saying that, of course, that's accessible through the Holy Spirit, but it's not an easy road. So when I talk about, and we're going to be talking about that in, in Galatians, passages like this sometimes causes people to recoil We recoil in shame, and we're afraid to be vulnerable in our sinfulness. Sadly, because of we're always trying to put this veneer of we're good, we, it's very rare what I would see uh, tears of vulnerability in our fellowship, and and not just this fellowship, but the the bigger fellowship. There's a, there's, a, there's a recoil attitude that I don't want to be vulnerable in sharing my sinfulness or my, or my, or my problems. Years and years ago when I lived off of Querno Street, right off of Mission Road, a young, young man came to my door banging. And um, I opened the door and, and he just literally fell into my arms in shame embarrassment. In his moment of weakness, he went to Tom Brown Park and had a, an encounter with someone in the bathroom. And, uh, but I was, I was taken aback. He was part of our, our group, but I was so, so blessed that he was willing to come and bang on my door. And we just, we just, we just wept together. We just, we just cried together. So tears of vulnerabilities are, is not something that we see that much, but I want to encourage you not to recoil, but to run towards the Lord. A lot of times when people, like, like maybe even today, so after today maybe somebody's not going to start coming or watching online because... Uh, talking about living righteous and holiness is, 
is important, but your the reaction is to recoil. And I, I would say they stop coming and they stop attending and they stop participating because they don't want to feel that recoilness and that guilt. The Holy Spirit was convicting them and convicting us. And the Holy Spirit was drawing us to him. But sometimes the holiness of God sometimes repels us from going to him. And what I want to challenge us this morning is that let's not follow the example of our first parents in the Garden of Eden when, when they messed up. What did they do? They went and hid and out of shame and they tried to hide from God. And I think that's a, a reaction that many of us could easily fall into is running and hiding from God. Now, if you read Titus, he had a lot to say in, in these passages uh, about living right. And, and, and at the end of the verse... He tells us to focus and draw our attention, and this is what I would like for us to do, is draw our attention to this little verse. It's found in Titus chapter 3, and it says this, At one time, we too were foolish, disobedient, deceived, and enslaved by all kinds of passions and pleasures. And I could definitely agree to that. We lived in malice and in envy, being hated and hating one another. It goes on to say, but, let's, everybody say, let's say, but, but. Now, if we were in middle schools, they'd start chuckling. So we've got one that's chuckling already. But look what it says in verse three through five. But when the kindness and love of God, our Savior, appeared, he saved us. Not because of the righteous things we have done, but because of his mercy. Amen? The word I would like for us to concentrate on this morning, this text this morning, the word that struck me the most forcibly when I'm reading this was the word kindness. But when the kindness and love of God, our Savior, appeared, he saved us. He saved us, not because of the righteous things that we have done, but because of his mercy. And if you can't remember anything that I've said this morning, and if you can only remember this little one thing, I want you to know that God is kind. He's kind. I want to remind you, Mosaic Church family, that God is kind. And let us remind each other that God is kind. Now, a long time ago, we, you know, as family, we read the Chronicles of Narnia, and many of you have done the same. There's a famous scene, I believe it's in the Lion, Witch in the Wardrobe, but there's an interaction, and Lucy is asking, this character is asking about this lion, Aslan, and he, you know, he represents God in and, and, and the story, and, she's, and Susan, one of the sisters, says, is he safe? I, I'll feel nervous about meeting the lions and Miss Beaver, and this makes sense if you read the books, if there's anyone who can appear before Aslan without their knees knocking, they are braver than most or just silly. Then Lucy asks this question, this, the young girl in the story. Then, is he safe? And Mr. Beaver 
replies kind of with emphatic, safe? Who said anything about safe? Of course he isn't safe. But he is good. He is the king, I tell you. And I dare add a little word to the description the beaver said. I would say that God is good and he is kind. God is kind. Yes, we are supposed to live a self-controlled, upright, holy lives. And we must live according to the standards that Jesus, God, and, and his word has, have given us. When we live that way, there's this closeness that we get with God. And we get to hear the, the secrets of God and the psalmist talks about. And we have benefits from that journey of living close and living righteous and, and living a self-controlled life. But it's also beautiful when we stumble in our journey with Jesus and conviction comes from the Holy Spirit. And then it's there at that moment, it's either going to be shame with condemnation or it's going to be shame with conviction with the kindness of God. And we must remember and remind each other that God is kind. And we must never, as I said before, repeat what the first parents did and run. Our salvation is not because of the righteous things we have done. It is because of God's kindness, love, and mercy, and grace. So when you are in, on that fine line of shame, and, there's, and shame can be good, you're embarrassed. I, I'm, I'm embarrassed of what I just, I did to that young friend of mine. That's, it's shameful for what I did. And so I can, as, I, as I'm on that balanced beam, I can allow that conviction to come over me and then fall into the side of the Holy Spirit, repentance, and making things right and begin to live that standard that God has called me to live. Or we could be on that balance beam where we're so embarrassed, and, and, uh, and I've had that happen to me before. I was so embarrassed uh, that I saw, it was, it was, it's a long story, but I saw this girl, and it wasn't anything bad, but uh, I was so embarrassed about my home and the car that I drove her to a, a date that when I saw her, I did the opposite. I turned my head and I went a different direction. And on that balanced beam, when shame comes of maybe not living up to that standard, I fell to the side of condemnation and I recoiled and I never talked to that person ever again. And that's what the enemy wants us to do. He wants us to stand in that beam when we, we do something wrong and to fall on the line on the side of condemnation and then recoil and, and run from God. I'm asking for you to remember, and I'm reminding myself that God is kind. Our challenge for us this morning, so if you're in the right place and you've been living that life that God has called us to, praise the Lord by the power of the Holy Spirit, you've been doing the right things, living righteously by the power of the Holy Spirit, and if God is kind to those who stumble, then let us be kind to those who stumble and fail too. Amen? 
If, if kindness is, is a character trait of God, then we need to take on that character trait. We too need to be kind. Now, as I'm doing this sermon, I thought of the best 90s Christian band ever. DC Talk. All right, if you've never heard of DC Talk, you need to go back and it'll, it'll change your life. But a song came to mind, and maybe, maybe some of you remember that song. There's a song that talks about what if I stumble. Raise your hand if you know that song. Okay, start playing in your head. Uh, we should have played that in the background, huh? Yeah. The line is this. What if I stumble? What if I fall? What if I lose my step and make a fool of us? <laughs> I love it. Will the love continue when my walk becomes a crawl? What if I stumble and what if I fall? And I can confidently say because of who, I'm, who I know, God and the God of scriptures, I can say you can go to him. If you stumble and you fall, and we all do, we can go to him. Because God is good and he is very kind. And I want to end with this and I'll ask the band to come on up and it's Lavella's third song. Romans 2, chapter, or chapter 2, verse 3 through 4 says, So when, and this is Paul writing, so when you, a mere human being, pass judgment on them and yet do the same things, do you think that you will escape God's judgment? Or do you show contempt for the richest of his kindness, forbearance, and patience, not realizing what, if you guys know this scripture, this is a powerful verse, not realizing that God's kindness is intended to lead you to repentance. So this morning, I'd like for us to just remind ourselves that God is kind. And can we say that together? God is kind. He is he is. He's good. We're going to be starting small groups soon and, um, in a couple weeks. And uh, yes, we'll have some sort of topic of continuing Mark. Uh, there might be another thing that we might be doing. But the goal is to grow together in our journey with Jesus, not to just get more information in our heads. And in those pockets of small groups, I'm praying that there'll be opportunities where we can show that the kindness of God that's living in us, that we can express that to one another. It is the kindness. But when the kindness and love of God, our Savior, appeared, He saved us, not because of righteous things we have done, but because of his mercy. If you need prayer this morning, uh, I'm not saying this because they're our elders. They, they are one of the kindest people, kindest people I know. If you're, you have a challenge, and you, don't recoil and run. Move, move towards... God's love and his mercy and his kindness. And if God is kind, 
I pray that all of us learn to be kind as well. So I want to ask, I know we just have a few elders here, but if you need prayer, we want to pray with you. And now we're going to sing this song. And I've asked Lavella to change a word from the goodness of God to the kindness. So let's go ahead and stand and I'll... thank you for listening. We pray that you were blessed and encouraged. If you like what you heard today, subscribe to this podcast and listen whenever you like. To find out more about Mosaic Church, please visit www.mosaicchurchtlh.com.